Hello sisters and welcome! I thought for this episode I should give you a quick background on how I became a single mom. So let's go back. When I decide completely making up my mind that the marriage was over and that it was okay for me to leave was the hardest step I ever take. I was married for over six years when I find out my husband was cheating. I know some of you was like, well, that's it then. Mm, Not quite. It's a bit more complicated. Sidebar, cheating comes in a wide variety of shapes and forms. So let's have a quick look at them. The most common one, it's physical cheating. Well, it's itself, right? It's the, the act of being sexually intimate with someone other than your partner. And physical cheating may not have any emotional connections with the person they're having sex with. And then there's emotional cheating. This one is when the person finds himself intimately confining their thoughts, their ideas, their dreams, their fear, and become emotionally closer to someone other than their partner. This often starts as a friendship and can lead to physical cheating. Another one is uh, cyber cheating. I'm not quite surprised about that one, right? With uh, all the connections that we're having right now with the internet. So it includes internet porn, online dating, flirting with other people in social media, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Snapchat. So, and the last one, which <laughs> it's called texting. I know, I have no idea we came up with that name. But it's uh, text message cheating. Yeah. So it's when somebody's sending explicit pictures, message. And you know what? I heard that if some innocent text can be considered as cheating. Because everything is false in the intent of the person when they're sending the, the, the message. My ex was a cyber cheater. Well, as far as I know, anyways. His account was activated two years after we were married. He never came clean on how far his online relationships or connections went. Then I asked myself, does it really matter? Well, would it really make a difference for me to know who were the women? Did you ever meet them? What did you do with them? Did you have sex with them? Or... Well, okay, <laughs> the last one, yeah. With all the crazy disease that exists in this world, yes, this, I needed to know that one. And uh, it didn't confirm anything, so I want to get myself checked. And thanks God, I'm okay. Shit, could you imagine? Oh my gosh, anyhow. Truth is, when I think about it, I didn't give a care much about who he did it with. What matters is that he did it. And because ladies, let's face it, sisters, let's face it. The other woman, I don't think we should even take our wrath into them. Because the commitment is with our partner. He only should feel the pain and the anger that the action did to us. So I was, I wasted so much time wondering what did I do or not do? And could have could have say something different that would have stopped him from cheating. 
like i don't know i i, I still today i don't know when honestly i don't think so there's an article by uh, kelly campbell in um psychology today that said that even though that 90 percent of people don't believe in cheating between 30 to 40 percent actually do it The true people cheat for so many different reasons. It's so much more complicated than we think. One of the reasons could be because that's who they are. You know the expression, once a cheater, always a cheater? Well, yep. I guess uh, some people are like that and that's who they are. Another one is because the relationship is not working. So instead of doing something about it, it's easier to find what's missing somewhere else. And then there are people who cheat because of the environment uh, where they're put in, like with some temptation that it's made so easy to cheat. Like you're working off-site and, or another city and being put in situations that make it, oh, it happened. So... And there's so other many reasons. But at the end, it comes, when, I, when I listen to this and when I read it, it all comes down to the inability for the partners to communicate their feelings, their desires, their fantasy, their thoughts, their wants, anything. It's false in not able to communicate with each other. That's it, man. That's it. So simple and so complicated at the same time. So let's go back to my story. Um, when I find out with an undisputable proof that he was cheating, like, yo, I was not even looking for it. I like stumbled on it during a family vacation. Like I was pregnant. I was full of hormones. I remember like seeing it and my heart like sunk. I almost passed out. Like the room started to spin around me. The betrayal was so hurtful, the fighting so unexpected. I felt like humiliated and completely devastated. The confirmation of his betrayal was not what was really the most hurtful. What did was I realized that I betrayed myself as well. Because as I reflected the past six years of marriage, I saw all the red flags. I felt the emotional distance. I remember my guts repeatedly telling me, reminding me something wasn't right. I betrayed myself. So let me explain. The thing is, I'm not afraid to communicate my thoughts. Like, for me, confrontations doesn't only mean conflict. One of the origin meaning of the word only meant meeting someone face to face like resolve clarify, clarifying a mis- misunderstanding or an action so throughout my marriage I, I did just that i expressed my red flags to my ex but he seems to always have the perfect explanations or excuse it to turn any red flags into yellow or just green flags okay quick example okay so we went out uh to meet my girlfriend and uh as we mingled, I started totally, like, totally checking her out. Like, flirting with my girl. It was so freaking obvious. 
and so embarrassing. So when we get home, yo, I brought it up. But he said he was just like being friendly. Yo, I was just being friendly. Come on, you know, it's my personality. My personality. This is how we talk. This is how I talk. Yo, chill. Well, even though my heart screamed, freaking bullshit. Val, this is bullshit. I give him my benefits of the doubt. The irony is a few weeks after my girlfriend shared with me how she felt uncomfortable around him and if everything was okay with a marriage. <laughs> when she brought it up, I was so embarrassed. And you know what I did? I quickly let her know, word for word, what he told me. Oh, oh no, hon. It's, it's his personality. Yo, he was just being friendly. You know. That's who he is. And this, you know what this action was my first conscious self-betrayal. Deep down, I didn't only knew, but received confirmation from my girl that what I saw, felt during the get-together was correct. It was not all in my mind. You know what a manipulative person's weapons of choice is? It's to create self-doubt. So they want you to lose trust in yourself. So every time I express doubt, concerns, or my feelings, I was told, come on Val, it's all in your head. I need to stop creating problem that didn't exist. I'm making too big of a deal. If that sounds familiar, well, you may be in a manipulative relationship. Just saying. You know what? You know what self-doubt do to us? It's like freaking snake. It just creeps in, like slowly. And unconsciously, before you know it, you don't trust yourself anymore. You don't trust yourself about anything. Losing personal trust then creates low self-esteem. This is what happened. I lost myself in the process. And so then when we stop listening to our true self, the brain became depressed. It became anxious. And all kind of mental pain start or amplify itself. If we don't look for help and continue to the path of denial, well, it starts to get physical. It's like your inner self is saying, Oh, hey, hey there, huh? Um, you can't hear me? Hello, you can't hear me? Okay, I'm gonna make you feel me. So, anxiety, depressions turn into random faint. I start to faint at the most unexpected places. It's like my brain needed to reset for a few seconds. Boom, shut down. Then I started to have panic attack. Like, it became my thing. Panic attack for anything. Then a lump formed itself on my breast out of nowhere. And a pain in my neck. Okay, you know you know that expression that said, um, um, being a pain in the neck? 
I think that's yeah, that's what it is. It being a pain in the neck. Well, it's actually real. My head, it felt like my head became too heavy for my neck. And I was being treated for the pain for over three years. But you know what? The day my ex was court ordered to leave the matrimonial home, that day, I wake up the next morning, no more pain. The pain left with him. True story. When I initially find out about the cheating, I didn't leave right away. I was afraid of the uncertainty of life. Uncertainty, sorry, of life. Some friends and family thought it was crazy to separate with young kids. Yo, you're going to raise them alone? Come on, like, just think about it, right? You know, because my mother was a single mom for years, and I'm the oldest, and I remember some of the financial struggle and the stress that comes with it. So I reasoned myself and convinced myself that I had to try to save the relationship. If it wasn't for me, I have to do it for the kids. So I lived with my ex for over three years in the same home, but in a separate bedroom. Like we were like bad roommates or something like that. We did marriage counseling, marriage therapy, therapy, individual counseling. Tried to create some date right, uh, date night routine. Went on family vacations. Like nothing helped. The home instead became emotionally toxic. I found myself not wanting to be in the house, so I would travel so much with the kids, or organize constant activity to keep us out of the house. Staying for the kids, for me, wasn't enough. So, first I had to decide. I had to come to understand it was over. I knew I had to, had to be my choice. To make despite whatever other people's opinions, other people's judgment, and even approvals, Right? It had to come to me. That step was the hardest step towards love, towards peace of mind, reconciliations with my true self, and regaining my power. Second, I needed help. I needed to repair myself. I didn't think I was broken, but I was broken. That type of betrayal do break someone so I went to therapy and I learned tremendous techniques to cope with the pain the loss the anger and also how to help the kids cope because my children was super important for me I can say it was because of therapy lots of reading of books there's so many books out there mediations meditations yoga Mindfulness practices and lots, like I'm telling you, lots of prayer. I got the courage, the energy, and enough love to rebuild my self-esteem. So the thing is, when you start doing those things like stuff for yourself, 
not a lot of people see it because it takes time, right? It's an inner change is happening. So he didn't realize I was actively working on myself. He deliberately refused to leave the home because he said it was half his, which is true, right? According to the law, it was. And I couldn't leave because all the finance mortgage were so solemnly in my name. I have a hard time saying that word, solemnly in my name. So in a desperate move, I think, in my opinion, it was very desperate for him. He decided to show, or try anyways, to get me out of the house in a base I was mentally unfit to be a mom. Apparently, it's a common tactics that is often used when the other person feels their marriage is over and become desperate about their future. That is probably where the expression crazy ex come from. I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking. So, sis, you know what he did? He called the cops on me. Yep. Gosh. And told them I was suicidal. Like fool. Like I was going to kill myself to let him with the kids. Like my most precious thing in the world. The, 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 the people that I love the most. I would leave him with them. And all my hard work money. Like seriously. I don't know. He didn't think much. Anyhow. That day. Three police officers entered my home. And in front of my kids took me to the hospital let that sink in your head <laughs> apparently the law enforcement when they receive calls like that don't have much choice than to take the person and to bring them to the hospital <laughs> that day something happened to me even though I was afraid in pain shock like in complete disbelief of what was happening or what was going to happen to me I stayed strangely calm like my mind was clear and focused on what to do like I called my lawyer left a message I told the officers I was going to record our conversations I called my girlfriend to pick me up at the hospital because I didn't know how I was going to come back home. Like, even to the ride in the back of the police car, I made some small talk with the officer. I think till this day, no, I don't think, I truly believe that God, my grandma, my sister who passed away, Elsa, and all my ancestors were with me on that car to comfort and keep me safe and calm. So when we arrived to the hospital, I was put in a waiting room to see a doctor. And I'm sitting and I'm looking at all the other people who are waiting, who too had some serious mental issues. And I was like, oh my God. But you know what? Within 10 minutes of seeing me, the dog said, Come on, go home. Go home to your kids. And you know what? I'm so sorry, Val, that had happened to you. You're fine. Be careful. Divorce makes people do and act without thinking. So I was released from the hospital and my great friend took me back home. 
yo, you should have seen my ex face when he see my when he see me open the door like within 30 minutes of us back. Seven days after this incident, we went to court and the court ordered him to leave. A restraining order was issued against him. So karma went full effect that day. For the first time in years, peace was back in our home. The future was still uncertain. But after this event, I knew I was going to be okay. What I want to take from this very short version of my story that led me to decide to leave is to first decide. Like if you're unsure, pause. Look at yourself. I did that for me. I look at yourself. Look at your current situations. Like everybody's different, every situation is different. But when you take a moment to look at yourself with honest lens, and I'm not talking, you know, the feel sorry for me type of lens or the angry or guilty lens. I'm talking about the one you put on to look at your friends when they need your advice. Those are the ones that I wanted to put on. Somehow, Somehow that simple act has the power to awaken the truth in us. And it can, and it might hurt, because I remember when I saw it, it hurt, and I cried. This is a question I ask myself: What do you see when you look at yourself in the mirror, Val? And you can use your name for that, you know. So, tell your name. Do you know who you are? Where are your dreams? Are you safe? Are you happy like now? Are you surviving instead of living your life? Are you free to be you? And you can add on more other questions. Whatever comes to your head, right? Talk to yourself. Find out for yourself where you're at. Then find help. Help with can be some trusted friends that you can confide in. That those ones, you know the real friend that tell you like, yo, like the truth in your face. They're not afraid. This is the type of friends you need in those moments. Then go for counseling. Go for therapy. I know in Canada, but especially in Alberta, there's a lot of places that you can actually find uh, help. Meditations can help. I've been meditating for over three years now, not close to four years now, and it totally changed my life. Prayer. Prayer, like you know, the moment that you feel like you're alone, that nobody's with you, well, guess what? There's always one person always there, and you can communicate with them through prayer. And also, lawyers. Find yourself a lawyer. For the legal matters if you need to but we're going to talk about finding a good lawyer because my first lawyer gosh she milked me out the one i have right now is amazing but the first one shit sorry oops i swear <laughs> but honey 
find help. Are things easy? No. My life get busy, overwhelmed, and stressful. Hell yeah. You know what I'm telling myself? Yo, Val, you're just getting a master in organizational and scheduling skills. I'm going to be so good at it. It's not even funny. My relationship with my ex is sometimes volatile. But again, I get to polish my communication skills. Well, this is how I was telling This is what I tell myself. You won't believe the amazing skills you get to develop as a single mom. I know each story is different. Some of you may decide it's better to stay and have an open marriage. If you think that is what will work for you, well, do it. Some have decided to wait until the kids are older. So you, you, you feel like a single mom living in the house, right? But like you decided you're going to keep your roommate for financial reason or whatever reason. But I'm going to tell you something though. If you're doing it for the kids... Every adult that I talked to whose parents stayed together knew that the love between their parents was no longer there. And most of them hope they've separate. My taking opinion is time is one thing you can get back. I know some other people find living as roommate work for them. Some just doesn't want to be part of a single mom club. Okay, you know what? I didn't want to be part of that club too. Yo, I was just like, oh, I felt sorry for those ladies, right? But to be honest, it's not that bad. Actually, there are pretty amazing women in that club. I've met some freaking amazing ones, right? It can be very empowering to know and discover talent that you had no idea you had. One thing, please, though, when I want to really want to emphasize is if you're being emotionally, sexually, or physically abused, I'm begging you, seek help. I'm giving you permission. Some people, you need permission. I'm giving you permission to seek help. No, it's okay to live. You know, you deserve more. You can do it. I know personal women who stayed and almost lost their lives. Some special guests will share their survival stories soon. Sisters, you are stronger than you think. You don't have to deal with it alone. Every community have a number you can reach for help. Or reach for help with your local law enforcement. Turn fear, pain, guilt, into the energy that will set you free. I just want you to know it's okay to leave. Know it's okay to stay as well. You need to consciously decide what is best for you. We have one life, my loves. It doesn't matter what others, and that's include family, close friends, or even me think, because it's your life. This is the most precious gift God gave us. Use it this time that is given to you to live it wisely. By being kind to yourself, compassionate, be vulnerable, and mostly be courageous. 
in this holiday season, I can't see you, but I'm sending you lots of love and wish you happiness and find the happiness because it is so worth it. And sisterhood, happy holiday.